Welcome back to the EDM Podcast. My name is Connor O'Brien. If you're new here, this is a show where we interview artists, producers, and industry experts, really anyone who we feel can help you grow as a producer. In this episode, I have a chat with Bo Damien. Bo Damien is a Dutch producer who's released on labels like Monster Cat, Stomped Records, and Bitbird. And aside from his more EDM-focused productions, he's also an award-winning film and game score composer. We start off with Bo Damien's background, discussing the lengthy journey he took to discover that what he really wanted to do in life was to have a career in music. He breaks down his unsuccessful artist projects before launching the Bo Damien Project and how he found his happy niche in the music industry. We talk about how he got connected with San Holo and the Bitbird family and what he learned from other artists like San Holo and Julu on that label that helped him to grow his own career even further. While discussing his background, Bo consistently emphasizes the importance of self-care as an artist. If you're listening to this, you probably know it's tough to find a healthy balance between work and school and friends and relationships and balance at all with music. Bo talks a lot about this. He talks about what did and didn't work for him to get to the more healthy balance that he has right now. On the production side, Bo talks about his keys to his songwriting, sound design, and mixing success. He breaks down his full melody writing process, offering his best advice on writing more catchy and memorable melodies. We also look at the plugins he uses for sound design and mixing, and what helps him achieve clear and full mixes. Later on, Bo talks about his musical inspirations and how he perpetually stays excited to create more new music. He also discusses the importance of having musicians in your circle to learn from, to grow with, and to gain motivation from. Before we wrap things up, Bo Damon just released a track called Flying Nimbus with Julian Kaur that's out now on Monster Cat. It's an awesome track. I'll play you a preview of it as we slide into the interview so you can get a feel for his music. With that, let's wrap things up and get to the episode. Here's the EDM Podcast with Bo Damien. Welcome back to the EDM Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Bo, who releases under the name Bo Damien. Bo, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing today? Not too bad. So to start, I'd like to learn a bit more about your background in music. Go back as far as you like, but I'd like to learn what got you into music and then later on music production. Well, yeah. Um, it started when I was 14 years old, maybe a little bit earlier, I think 12 because when I was 12, I already uh, went to like these festivals in Holland uh, where you in the summer can go to to different kind of areas with different kind of music. And there was always like EDM music you know, or like house music at that point. And I got really interested in, yeah, in house music somehow and in how, how people make those weird uh, sounds, you know. Uh, yeah. It, it went way back with like, on the floor from a major laser, uh, all those uh, kind of music. Uh, yeah, it really grabbed my attention. And um, at that point, when I um, came back home and I was like, hmm, I should like search for all the artists that uh, do those kind of music in Holland. Um, and after a while, I figured out that, that, um, that there are a lot of people uh, in my environment uh, who do also, yeah, who also do yeah. music. And um, after that, I got into Fruity Loops. Fruity Loops, uh, yeah, was just the, the go-through mm-hmm. crack, <laughs> uh, m- most most crackable uh, uh, program or software. 
uh, that I can find for Windows. So uh, I started, yeah, making noise. And that's also how my branding uh, came across uh, through the time. Uh, because I, I was making noise and, and not music. That's how I how, how you can say it. Yeah. And after a while, yeah, like I, I made some music and sent it to the, those artists who were playing on the, at all those uh, festivals. And they were like, oh, it sounds it sound okay. It sounds cool. You, you have some talent, uh, but you should be not too experimental and stuff <laughs> like that. And that was the moment that I st- started to realize like, oh, they like my music because I only he- I heard like the positive stuff, you know, not the, not the, 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 the negative or the, um, the, the critical stuff. I was like, okay, they like my music. Uh, um, okay, let's do this, man. I'm going to do it. And um, then I came to a point where I uh, started to make Fidget House. I don't know if you know Fidget House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's basically like house which was invented by uh, Crookers and all and and Swindle. Uh, oh no, not Swindle. It was uh, what was his name again? Oh, there was also like this uh, artist which was called called Switch. And yeah, it was really interesting. It was really an interesting period because the house music was just like really funny. It was it wasn't that professional. It was like the mix downs were also yeah, wasn't it wasn't great, you know, and. But it, it was it was just fun. It was a fun time, and um, then I started to work together with an, uh, a guy who lived close to me, which uh, which his name is uh, Kalog Young. Uh, we started this uh, duo, which is called Proudly Burglars. Um, we did we did a lot of like electro house, um, but somehow he was so much better in producing than me. So after a while. Um, I felt like mm, I, I didn't feel comfortable because he delivers so much more music than me. Yeah. Um, maybe we should like split up um, because we did some nice gigs in Holland as well. I was super young. I was, I guess, um, 16, 17. And he was like 19. I was a li- he was a little bit older. But after we, we quit, uh, probably Burglars, we, uh, I, I continued making music and he became a uh, graphic designer. And he's killing it right now. He's so amazing. He's, he always had this 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 feel for um, for yeah. details, you know. Even in, also in music and also uh, uh, in the graphics and uh, and the visual kind of uh, area. And after that, um, I continued making music and music and music. And then um, I went to Amsterdam because I'm I'm I lived in Els for a long uh, quite a long uh, time that's a super small village in the east the uh, east side of Holland and Amsterdam is more in the west yeah in the west side not that close to the west coast but it was quite quite close um because there that that was the place where everything happens you know like all those fidget house but also dubstep uh things uh the, the EDM stuff which is quite big right now so and yeah I'm I'm I was just a, that guy from else, you know, this this farmer dude from else. To, yeah, yeah. If 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 you went there, then you only see cows and 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 yeah, all those other animals, you know. Yeah, it's pretty rural the environment that you were in. Even though you were in Holland and close to where all that stuff was, you were still very removed from it. Yeah, yeah. It's so easy to feel isolated there as well. Yeah. Then I started to uh, do a internship in Amsterdam. Uh, which uh, at the at the company which is called um, okay uh, Girls of DJs, and there I, I started to get to know the industry. Um, a lot of interesting people like um, 
uh, Jim from Yellow Claw. Um, also, uh, Andy and Yellow from uh, the Mighty Fools. Uh, they they quit um, their duo, I think, two years ago. But they, they also did a lot of music and they toured a lot of, all over the world. And a few more uh, artists who are killing it right now. Uh, because like I was just doing social media um, at that in- internship, so it's nothing production related. No, 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 not at all. Because um, at that time I was studying communication, management, and marketing for sports. Because I used to uh, play uh, soccer at a really high uh, level in Holland, and um, yeah, I had to do something uh, alongside of. Uh, of, of sports, of, of soccer. Otherwise, the academy wouldn't let me continue playing soccer. And um, this uni- this this college, the, it was uh, called the Jon Cruyff uh, uh, College from the, the famous uh, soccer player. They they always uh, said to me, like, you, you, you're not really interested in, like, the sports stuff, you know? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, I mean, like, the, 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 the marketing, communication, and... and yeah, all those things. Like, no, I'm, I'm more interested in music. And they said, like, yeah, maybe you should do an internship uh, over there. Then I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. And they basically helped me with with uh, uh, with my different love than only soccer. And after a while, I got to know a lot of people. I got to know a lot of uh, um, bad and good things in Amsterdam. I mean, like that. Yeah, it's just like a typical big city. Um, it's an international city with a lot of tourism and a lot of, yeah, the, the club scene is huge. So you, you see a lot of things like drugs and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, alcohol and, and all those things. So, yeah, as a 17-year-old guy, I've seen a lot at that point, you know, and I was like, I, I'm quite happy to go back to Els to my parents again after that internship. So when I came back in Els with my parents, um, I continued making music, of course, um, but I also... Still played soccer at quite a high level. I, I played like semi-pro, and um, I noticed that even when I was playing uh, semi-pro football, uh, music was still the thing that I really loved doing, of more love doing more. And um, yeah, so after a while, I also decided like maybe I should like stop playing soccer at like semi-pro uh, level and just do it like amateur. Yeah. And it felt it was like a big jump, but I also felt relieved because I only had to train two times a week and I had a match uh, compared to like uh, four days a week um, being busy with soccer. And that, yeah. So at that point, were you playing soccer at a semi-pro level because you could and you're like, hey, I like soccer. This is fun to do. Or did you have like any deeper aspirations, like wanting to make it to more of like a pro worldwide level? Um, when I was younger, I, I really wanted to become a professional soccer player. But yeah, I was I trained every day and somehow my recovery was always bad. So I always had pain, uh, like muscle uh, ache or uh, yeah, there were always, always troubles, you know, and uh, I also have like asthma, like asthma. And um, I also have like Asian roots, so my 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 body's a little bit more uh, flexible. So you know, and those two aspects can be like really, re- really, um, like kind of like limiting to the level that you could get at with all those. It seems like yeah, yeah, definitely. So I couldn't like really 
uh, recover well and it wasn't that fun anymore because like I was training the whole week and then on Saturday when the, the match uh, when it was match day yeah I couldn't play because I was injured and it was like a routine going all the time and I, after a while I was like no man I should like play lower and just have fun with other things but I couldn't just make the jump to uh, amateur yeah. uh, soccer because yeah I need to let go like like slowly right I don't I, don't, I didn't want it to be like immediately. Yeah. And um well then I, I started to play um soccer back at my older club and that was that was just fun. You know, I I've, I got to see all my friends again and mm-hmm. um yeah, it wasn't that serious anymore and I could focus on my studies um but I could also fun, uh, focus on music and yeah, it was really really good and after I decided to do that, I yeah, basically went back to Amsterdam because I wanted to to DJ more. I wanted to perform more. I wanted to get to know more people in the industry, and yeah, that, that was also a great great period because I got to know so much more people, and uh, I played at a lot of clubs, like almost every club in Holland. But that was more like a like a, a hip hop and R and B slash um, UK garage DJ because UK garage was really huge at that point. Okay. And uh, so DJing other people's music, yeah, like more of an open yeah. format setup, and it was really useful. So I got to know more people in the industry. But after a while, I also started asking myself, like, I make music. I, I'm not like a cover DJ, if you know what I mean, right? Like when you're you're always doing covers as yeah. a singer, you start to feel like, yeah. But I also want to make my own music, and that's what I basically have. So I took a step back. I stopped. DJing like other others music um and went back again to to Elst uh, after like one and a half year back to my parents um because that was also quite a, a moment in my life where I started to realize like yeah what 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 do I really want with my life you know because music was always there yeah but it's hard to just continue music if you don't make money with it or um, you don't get inspired by people around you, or yeah, people that you're yeah, like most of the time when I show my music to people in in Europe, especially in Holland, they're like, "Oh, what's this? This is weird. I, I'm not sure if I like it." And if you hear that all the time, then you just yeah, what like why are you making music? You know, because it's yeah, of course it's for yourself because you you want to express your feelings and your emotions, but at the end, I also would love other people to enjoy it, you know. Otherwise, it's just otherwise I could just skip. Yeah, right. I'm the, I'm the same way, so I fully understand. Like, I want to be able to show my friends something that I made, and for them to appreciate it to an extent. And even though I'm the same as you, I like to make music for myself first and foremost. But if I can't connect with anyone on that, I need to take a step back and figure out: is it a me problem or is it like a location problem? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. And that's that's the whole thing. Like all those aspects come together. And then uh, I also recognized that I wanted to become so much better in music and music production, but also music theory, um, also at DJing. So yeah, when I got back in Els, but with my parents, um, I, I I basically fall in love with, with a girl, which um, 
which was a little bit older than me. She was like five years older and she already had two kids. She had like a twin. And at that moment, I didn't do a lot of music. I was just basically living the the uh, the family life with them. And yeah, it, re- it really helped me to become like, like happy at that point um, and stable, like also like mentally. Um, but after like a few years, I also noticed like, okay, but everything's stable right now, but still I'm not doing music. So then, yeah, it's like, I, I've been questioning those things all the whole time, you know? And at, at that point I, I started to realize like, I want to do a study in music and yeah, I got to apply for this uh, education, which is called, um, the university of arts in Utrecht music design for games and interaction. And I got really motivated and after a few months, they, I got the message that, uh, that, that I was accepted by them. And, um, yeah, I started to go to university, uh, which also, uh, um, meant that I, uh, couldn't see my girlfriend that much at that, uh, at that time because I, yeah, I had to focus on my, on my studies because it takes a lot of time. Right. And, um, yeah, after a while, my music career went better and better and better, but my relationship went down. So, um, yeah, after a while, we also, uh, decided to like quit our relationship and, um, yeah, but from that moment on, I've been like, like, I, I wouldn't say it, but I feel, I feel really comfortable with music, you know? And, um, it was also like a motivation, like if I can like be with with them then i should like focus on myself like fully and if i went i went like totally into my my own soul and my own feelings and, like what re- do i really want to do and then i was like i want to do music i want to perform uh, i also want to make music for um like media purposes uh, i want to make music for uh, made uh, for for games yeah so yeah at that point i was like i'm never going to be in a relationship again where um I have to put so much effort in in the family only because it should be a part of the relationship. I think um, because you also need to be happy with what you're what you're doing. And yeah. at that point, I wasn't really happy. So um, I'm quite happy right now with everything. Yeah, it's like I'm I'm really really happy right now with with how it goes because I live quite close with my parents again and. They don't live in, in Els anymore. They live in Utrecht. In Utrecht, this is a, a, a city in the middle of Holland. And uh, my university also was in Utrecht. So it was like, oh, interesting. So my my mom and my uh, stepdad are coming to to Utrecht to live here. And my university is also here. So, hey, maybe I should live there as well, you know. And um, yeah, it's really nice to have them really close with me. Um, so I'm able to go to them whenever I want so that, that I don't really feel that lonely because like as a producer, you know how it is, right? If you're in a studio 24 seven, yeah, you don't see daylight. You don't see people. You can't really interact. You're only on, on the internet or on social media or whatever, but yeah, you just want to hear a normal voice, you know, and not like that, that pre-drop voice, like one, two, three, let's go, you know, or something, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't think there's any producers right now listening to this with like a group of friends drinking beers it's mostly people like ourselves just alone in a room with a pair of uh, krk rocket fives yeah so true so true so 
yeah and i mean like like all those experiences that i had made me realize like that i should always take care of myself first before even start to produce or something Mm -hmm. or um yeah maybe maybe also like i have this funny story about me like last um new year's eve at that moment i didn't feel that great so Mm -hmm. i was like uh this there's this group of friends who wanted me to come to amsterdam and there's this group of friends who wanted me to come to 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 rotterdam which is a different city in in holland but i felt like i no i don't want to go anywhere so I, I might just stay home, you know, because like I also didn't have a, a gig or a f- uh, no friends of mine were also playing. And if I'm going to those house parties, I you have to like put this 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 happy fo- face on all the time, right? And I didn't felt like I wanted to do that, so I decided to uh, stay home and just go uh, go to my parents sometimes. Of of I, I went to my parents at that moment to celebrate it together and i felt like whoa this is really what i needed if i was in amsterdam or in rotterdam right now i i was feeling like oh uh, yeah because i know with the last past years that i can sometimes also feel lonely when i when i'm eating with friends because like at that moment i don't really feel like hanging out with people even though if i love them you know so sometimes i just really need to be alone in that case yeah i think that is such a crucial perspective. And kind of like you said, at each step of the way, when you were deciding what to do next, you were thinking with your self-care in mind and you were thinking, what's going to make me happy with just general happiness and what's going to, I don't know, solve what I want to do with music right now. And I think that's something that a lot of producers, myself included, forget to think about. Is this something that's truly making me happy, whether that's what they're doing for work or school or music and Oftentimes people run themselves in the opposite direction from where they should actually be going. And it seems like each step of the way you were really careful thinking about, okay, what do I really need right now with life, with my girlfriend, with school and with music? Yeah, because we we, we forget that music, making music is like the, the highest level of um, the pyramid of Maslow. I don't know if you know that, like the pyramid of, of Maslow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because, higher of needs. Yeah, exactly. Because you need to sleep, you need to eat, you need to... Uh, take a shower you need to pay the rent you need to have fun with friends you need to uh, get recognition from people in your social environment uh, you need to sport you need to yeah uh, uh, you need to exercise you need to like do all those things and at the end there's music you know and we, we kind of forget it because like like no, nowadays it's so important to show your best side all the time like all the time like oh look at me i'm i'm playing at this gig or oh look at me i did this uh uh, uh label or uh, look at me i'm i'm super precious and super uh beautiful uh, as a model and stuff like that so it's it's only like <laughs> yeah showing the, the the best side of you but yeah i mean like we're all humans and totally like you're not seeing you're not seeing your favorite artists like going to the gym, sleeping in, like playing Fortnite with their high school friends. Like you're not seeing the things that are necessary for a lot of people to recuperate so that they can spend the time that they need to in the studio and taking cool photos. Yeah, yeah, so true. And that's, that's, I mean, I I try to be quite active on on Instagram, but I also want to, want it to be as human as possible because I feel like, yeah, I, I, I don't really, desire to be the biggest or the best artist in the world i just i just want to be um a factor and a helping factor in this industry someone who helps 
different artists and different yeah. people um, grow. And I feel like, yeah, I can also grow and I do that. But if I can grow and I can do, can do anything about it, then I can help others. So why shouldn't I like do that? Yeah. And that's, that's why, what I really enjoy about being a team player because I used to play soccer, right? So I just know how to to collaborate yeah. and how how to take care of your of your uh, uh, teammates. And it's also about rec- uh, recognizing that a different team player is much better at at attacking than you. So then you should help him attack, you know. And that's the same what I see with people who are. Um, like producers who are doing a, a Afro house, and I see, oh, maybe you should hang out with with this guy, with this rapper, or um, the dubstep guys. Oh, maybe you should hang out with this drum and bass dude. I mean, like it's it's a bit different BPM, but I feel like you can learn a lot from each other with with sound design, you know, or uh, the publisher. Um, because like uh, I know I don't know if you know Kimberly Kimberly Tomicomo. She used she used to be the the label manager of uh, Bitbird. Okay. And right now she's a, she's a publisher at the Next Era in Amsterdam, but a good friend of mine, uh, Terra Cora, who is like doing it amazingly right now. He's uh, he's killing the 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 Afro, urban future beats uh, side of of the music industry. And um, I felt like oh maybe you should hang out with with her and yeah and figure out how you can work together. And yeah, it's so funny because right now um, Kimberly is the the publisher of of him. So like I always try to build bridges for for different people and I always want to yeah help them in this in that case and that that gives me a really good feeling because making music only isn't always making me happy you know yeah it's like there there are more things than only music for me you know I'm much in the same way I think it's good to have things outside that fill you up and give you a sense of purpose because when you're just struggling with music, it's nice to have things outside of your artist project that you can depend and rely on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's also why you're doing this podcast thing, right? Yeah. Because it it's not only, only about you. It's also because you, you, you give a space for artists to show who they really are. And that's, that's, yeah, I really like that about this, this whole podcasty thing, you know? This, yeah. This, yeah. Well, I think part of that is even thinking about, and you enjoy doing it, right? Totally. I love it. I, I talk about music for fun with my friends, so might as well do that um, and be able to share that with people. But one of the reasons I love this podcast is I remember when I was first starting out with production in 2012, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, both in terms of production and in terms of establishing my career. I had no idea how to build connections, no idea how to learn what I needed to. And I just spent so much wasted time not putting my effort in the right space. So for me, I love showing that there's artists that have been through the same exact things and how they successfully dug themselves out of all of those holes. And that's one of the reasons that I spend so much time on the backgrounds with these podcasts, because to me, that's more interesting. We, I like talking about production, which we will get into later, but there's a lot of resources for that online, but not necessarily for the like unique stories that will help you in your own growth. So you feel a lot less alone in all of this madness. Yeah, true. Because like music production, like all those tools are tools, right? I mean, like the the inspiration and the the feeling and uh, uh, like the music comes from something, you know. I mean, like everyone, every producer has their own uh, um, imagine uh, Im- imagination. Yeah, and everything you experience 
is a asset that you can use for your music. Mm-hmm. And all those tools are just tools to accomplish what you would like to accomplish, you know? I love that. You're a product of your experiences. So the better that you can curate those, the better music's going to be, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, and that's that's why I also say to, I say it a lot to my friends who are, who are also producers, like, don't produce when you do you feel like shit. Yeah, I'm sorry for swearing, but when you don't feel like great, you know, and <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> but um, because it, it doesn't really help you make good music or because there's also uh, um, Tim Bista, uh, who also worked uh, for Bitbird as, uh, um, as I think his assistant. No, he's well, he's the A and R right now. But um, his artist name is I Live Here, and he used to do a lot of EDM music. But right now he's just making ambience music, and yeah. people are even loving it more that he's doing this right now than he used to do EDM music. And um, I also think that he started to do because I, I know that he started music with with um, with more ambient kind of music. Mm. And then uh, Sander, like San Holo, um, is, is a really great friend of, of Tim, of Tim Beast, of, of uh, I Live Here. And yeah, he wanted to try to do that EDM thing and it, it went pretty well. But after a while, Tim also figured out that EDM wasn't really his thing. So he went back to, uh, um, to ambient and yeah, to realize that you need to get in some sort of emotional space where you start to uh, uh, know that you're not happy, you know, and then you start to make something different, a different kind of music. And that's also one of the things what I really int- like pers- per, uh, personally, so personally, personally yeah. about my own music and branding, because like, I don't really do one type of genre. I think I just do different kind of music. And it also depends on what, what year it is and the people around me, and it also depends on how I feel, um, like what situation I am. It's all about my life. I just, yeah, my music is purely a, a representation of about how I feel and I am at that moment. And like right now, I'm really into like hybrid trap music and, and dubstep because I feel like I want to, I just like the energy. And I, of course, it's big in, in the US and it's mm-hmm. big in Asia, um, but in Europe, it isn't really big. So, Every time when I hit the club right now, I I hear the same thing the whole time, the whole time, and I I just get <laughs> sick of it, you know. I just yeah. I just want to feel inspired. So um, there's also this 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 event which is called Dirty House in in Holland. It's um yeah, it's being hosted by Fato Gonzalez, and he, he used to do like a lot of house uh, stuff, yeah. but he always brings really interesting uh, big U.S. bass house artists to uh, uh, to to Holland. And one of them was Joyride. And when Joyride played here, I was like, yes, <laughs> finally, finally something else than all those music, all those Afro. Um, and and yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I'm just more like the EDM kind of music thing, you know, I just like, I, I just like that way more. And so kind of spinning things back to um, your music background, when did you first start thinking about the Damien project and get those first early releases um well it started real early it started way before the music that you can find on my spotify because when i was 15 years old i already had my name and um 
I already did like the the fidget house and all those kind of things, but I I just made remixes yeah. remixes from uh, from Estelle or American Boy or Boom Boom Pow from Black Eyed Peas, and you can find it on YouTube and it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's it's terrible, but but <laughs> you know I don't care because like I also rep- represent like the 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 growth of an artist from a starting artist. That's that's how I feel it. I, yeah. I mean, like, if I compare my 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 branding with different artists, for instance, like Drulu, like Vincent and Hein, they have this top-notch uh, sound. They have just top-notch visuals and design. And, um, like, I know that Vincent also had a different uh, alias before Drulu, which is called Beat Ballistics. And there, then he did a lot of mm-hmm. hip-hop and more, like, experimental stuff. And... Um, that was also the, the 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 point that where he uh, got better and better and better, and because Hein and Vincent also did the same, um, went to the same university as I did, and they did the same, um, um, yeah, education and the same course, and then they decided to just come together and say, let, let yeah, let's start this Drulu thing, and so that's a different way, and it's the same with with Cashmere Cat, I mean, you know Cashmere Cat, right? Yeah, of course. He's like one of my favorite artists, and but before he started Cashmere Cat, he also had an alias, which is his own name. I thought it was like uh, um, Agnes um, or Austin. It's something I'm not sure what his name is, but it's really interesting to 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 search on SoundCloud and um, or no, first go to Wikipedia and and, and find out what his uh, real name is, and then search it on SoundCloud, and then you can already hear his sound. Yeah. But it's 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 not there yet, you know, and I feel like yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Looking at the um, Julu's previous project, like Beatballistics, like you can tell it's them, but it's not the polish that they've had since their first release. Yeah, true, true. That's so true. And I mean, like the the, the great part about starting a project when you are way further as a producer uh, than how I did it is. Um, yeah, for for most um, agents and for most uh, booker, uh, bookers, yeah, and all those things, they they really like the perfect polished thing. You know, if you don't have that, then then yeah, they they need to find something which can can sell. But it's the same with G Jones. G Jones is also like a, a fantastic producer, but um, yeah, like in in his early days, his music didn't sound that. That's great as it sounds right now, and that's that's the fun part of it because then you can also see his growth as a producer, as a person, but also as an artist. And that I feel like a lot of um, producers who are starting want to already be there, but yeah, it takes time, it takes experience, experience, and um, yeah, I just want to like show everyone that. You can get somewhere, even though if it isn't perfect. And with the time, with the experience, with 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 the years, with the um, yeah, you just you just get better, and then opportunities will come. You know. Yeah, one thing that I always talk about whenever people, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but when people ask me what makes what's the difference between a successful and an unsuccessful artist, it's time. It's by far the number one thing. And for some people, it's five years. Some people, it's 10 years. You never really know how long it's going to take. And I think a valuable exercise for anyone listening is go see if you can find old music from your top three or five artists 
and listen to it, odds are you're not that big of a fan of it. And I think it's like a nice, almost humbling experience just to be like, okay, they were at the same level I'm at now. Yeah. Like I think a good example, most people are probably fans of Flume. Um, he's got like old music on MySpace, which similar to the Julio stuff, like you can tell it's very, very early him, but it's by no means polished in anything close to the level it's at now. But it's like good to, I don't know, just like humble yourself and be like, okay, like they were beginners at some point too, not they were just born who they are with music. Yeah, true. Or you should be like Michael Jackson at that point where you have so many like <laughs> people around you who are also musical. Yeah. And um, uh, a big example is also like Tennyson. Those uh, those guys are fantastic and they're there. I love yeah, them so much. They're, they're, they're great. They just started to do music when they were a child, like really early. And um, they're a few different artists who are like super incredibly talented at a young age but yeah i feel like that's that's not really relevant for every other producer because those are the big talents yeah and they they experienced it they experienced music at a yeah so early that they were already uh ahead of everyone you know and yeah yeah i've got a question for you kind of on that like, for example, I'm also a really big fan of Tennyson, and it's like tough to listen to their music. And there's so much going on, in part because of the songwriting and musical background that they have. And it's tough sometimes to like want to pull inspirations from them when I just don't have the ear and technical knowledge to do that. I know that you and a lot of people in kind of your space of electronic music are starting to infuse a lot more live instruments into their music. And as far as I'm aware, you don't have a strong kind of live instrument background. So how do you kind of meld those two ideas together? Um, that's, a, that's a hard question because I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, yeah. But I'm always thinking like, what can I do? Like, what are my qualities? What are what are, what am I uh, capable of? And I, I yeah. know that I'm always quite good at DJing. So instead of like making of doing stuff live, I, I started to um, do research to uh, visuals and the system behind visuals and see how I can combine my DJ skills with visuals. And I feel, because like, if I do things live with, with I would say uh, an MPD of like an MPC or like different uh, MIDI controllers, then I would do something which I'm not really good at. And yeah, for me, I felt like I could learn it, but I'm not sure if I'm really passionate about that. So, yeah, it's it's really, really, yeah. I can't really tell like how those people do it because like uh, there's this producer in Holland, uh, which is called o Omar. He releases a lot on Stamped Records. Um, yeah, I really love his music as well. But he's starting to do this live uh, uh, thing. And I also asked him like, how do you do that? You know? And he said, like, yeah, I just do it. I just search on the internet, just like what we talked before. Right? <laughs> like <laughs> the internet, you can find everything. So just do that. And yeah. um, and and also like talk with people who already are doing it. Because if you if you know them, then you also are ahead of all those research things that you have to go through. And yeah. So but it's for me, I, I really I, like that. Yeah, I don't really have like the, the experience of setting up something live because of my DJ skills and because of like, I really love visuals and making systems and designing systems, you know? So yeah, 
I would stick to my own qualities and that's, yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Like stick to what you know, like understand like, Hey, I might not be able to sing or play piano as good as them, but I'm really good at sound design. I'm really good at mixing. I'm really good at live visuals or I'm really interested in live visuals or I'm interested in getting better at sound design. And like, I can leverage that and be the best in that. And that'll be the thing that makes my music more distinct and interesting. Yeah, definitely. Because like I've, I'm always really interested in languages as well. And I, I see mm -hmm. it, it's a little bit of the same because if you're like start to learn a language, you need to put a lot of effort and time in it. And after a while, yeah. you, 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 um, you captured like the, the basics and then you, you, you continue, but with the basics, you can already accomplish so much, you know, and you don't have to be perfect and the best in everything, as long as you can create something where you are comfortable with and, um, and communicate with, with different people. And that's the same with music, you know, you can't, yeah, yeah, you, you just can't, um, yeah, you can do what you can do and otherwise yeah it just takes time it's like what you said yeah it takes time to 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 come there you know yeah so throughout you've kind of talked about the importance of having musical people around you i want you to discuss kind of how you got into working with the bitbird team and growing with them and how that helped you as an artist what you learned from that and kind of how you grew off of that later on um like it started before Bitbird, where I was already in um, like this community of 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 people who were all already killing it at that moment in 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 this in Holland. Uh, one of them is uh, Gans. He's the most yeah uh, famous of of the, that whole group. Um, and there are yeah there was Supiawo, Bubu, and uh, the Gurios Gurio speakers. And um, yeah. we were like this uh, this uh, um, this group, which is called like Dogtown, and yeah, we wanted to like represent Dutch bass music. So mm -hmm. um, I start, I did my first EP, which is called the the Sega Begins on on Dogtown, and after that, um, yeah, like Dogtown wasn't really that successful. So we all split up after a while, but because I. I did release that uh, EP on Dogtown. Um, Sander uh, came to me, and he asked if I, yeah, if I have like any more music and everything. Uh, oh, sorry, I have to go back to that because my publisher, uh, Sony ATV, um, she got a mail from San Holo at that point, and he he really liked my music already, so he wanted to just to like hang out or maybe just make some music together yeah but um at that point he was doing more like trap music but like commercial trap music mm -hmm. and i was really into like beats so it was like it was a little bit far from each other so at that first point i wasn't like really really like really positive about it but after a while he went more to the future bass and i also went more to the future bass kind of sound and then at that point it was like oh yeah we should do something together in mm -hmm. some sort of way. And he said like, yeah, I got this label. Um, yeah, we, we would like to have like this compilation, um, but it's not, yeah, it's not that serious, you know? It's like, okay, yeah, I'm down for it, man. I'm just, I just like what you're doing right now and you like what I'm doing right now. So yeah, just let's, let's do this, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that was basically the start of, um, yeah, my, 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 collaboration slash friendship with, with Bit, Bitbird. And um, 
yeah, from that moment on, I, yeah, I just kept uh, sending music to to Sonder to San Holo, and like most of the time, he said like, nah, it's not really what I think what will fit to Bitbird at that point, or yeah, because that's a great way, of course, to say like, yeah, maybe you should work a little bit more on this <laughs> or that, yeah. or I don't really like it. You know, that's 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 also what all producers should keep in mind. Like, if someone is like declining your music, then or it's not good enough. Or it doesn't fit the, the the label, or yeah, it's not there yet, you know. Yeah, and you never, never, ever, ever um, um, feel like it's personal, never, because it's just like you, it, yeah, music is also business, so keep that in mind. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then I kept sending that mu- uh, my my music, and um, I got better and better and better, and. Bitbird were was growing and growing and growing, just like Sonder, you know. Sonder was just yeah, yeah, instantly like killing it in the scene, and I was like, how do he, how does he do that? I mean, like, <laughs> he's he's basically producing as much as I am doing, and yeah, I know he's he's thinking a lot about branding and how what I would like to what he would like to represent, but I still mm-hmm. don't get it, you know. It's like like how yeah. how does he do that? Yeah, and I'm still thinking like, how how, how does he do it? This it just it, it's not yeah. changing, you know. It's just like <laughs> he's yeah, he's just amazing, amazing producer, and also a great uh, in- instrumentalist. Um, yeah, has a great soul. So yeah, sometimes you just need to have luck as well in life. Yeah, you know, and and it, I think for him it was just the right moment, the right time. Uh, he was fully prepared for this whole situation because he also got graduated on the University of Arts in in, in Rotterdam, uh, where he did uh, where he he studied for for playing the piano of uh, p- playing uh, the guitar. Yeah, and um, then alongside that he started to produce. So yeah, it's just like he was ready already, you know. And sometimes yeah, we need to like learn more. Or, to get uh, to that feeling that we are ready. And yeah. How important do you feel like it was for you in the growth of your project to just be a part of that scene, learning from everyone else around you? Because like like you said, there was so much that you could learn from San Hello. And kind of going back to what we said earlier with just producers being alone and being alone in their studio and not connecting with people, do you think you would be kind of at the point that you're at now having the flexibility to work with other labels, other artists, and have grown the project to where it is now, do you feel like you would be there if it weren't for those experiences that you had growing with that team? Um, I think it's also really important to have people around you, which is like the Bitbird crew, who inspires you. Because um, I don't know if you know this, but if you are with your girlfriend or with your mom and... um, they're listening to music on the radio or or maybe putting up like a CD, it immediately inspires you. It immediately um, gives you assets that you that you like because you can fill out the, 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 the bad stuff and the good stuff. But somehow it will always um, inspire you or yeah, manipulate basically like how you listen to music and what you think that's that's really popping at that moment, you know? And um yeah, I realized that that I wanted to be around people that do the same kind of stuff because if I listen too much to uh, to like rock music or um, I mean I, I still love rock music but I, I I still 
it still needs to be like in the same lane as what I'm doing already. And yeah, I felt like it's re- it's just really, really important to have like people around you who are doing the same thing, who had the same goal, who can motivate you, uh, who can help you when things aren't like really going well. Um, but also to feel welcome and safe because that's, that's yeah, what we all want in life, right? To feel that, that some sort of way. And I think even going back to what you were doing earlier with the internship and with school, like it felt like it was, or it seemed like it was good for you to like move out of your small town where you necessarily didn't have those influences and move to bigger towns in your country just to have more inspiration and I don't know, like a more of a creative culture that you could build off of. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I still have the same problem. And that's, is also one of the reasons why I want to go to uh, LA and I'm also going to LA for two weeks. And um, th- that's basically just to, to, to network, to get to know new people, uh, to be in an environment where I know uh, that I love the sound. Um, I will also go with uh, Buma, uh, which is like the, they, they basically handle the finance uh, of publishing in Holland. So um, in 2018, I, I, I won a Buma award for uh, composing the best original composition in trailer. And um, then they, got me under on the radar and they said like, oh man, maybe uh, you would like to come uh, with us, with Buma, with 20 other co- uh, composers to LA to network and just go to Hollywood and yeah, meet people who are working for um, like Sony or for different other games for film and all those things. So I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do this, you know? And then I was like, also <laughs> like, oh, but LA is also the place where electronic music is is still big and where i have the most play uh plays from on my spotify so yeah i need to be there instead of being in my room in in holland you know mm-hmm. i mean like this is also where where a lot starts i mean the music starts in my room but yeah yeah if you if you want to make things happen then you should go for it and just yeah f- forget about making music sometimes and just do what you have to do so you mentioned that you went to university for designing music for games Obviously, I and most of the people listening to this podcast know you for the Bodamian project, but how much work are you doing outside of that with film and with video games at this point? Um, at this point, I'm not doing that much, but I used to um, make mu- uh, trailer music for the, the Dutch uh, Asian Film Festival, which is called uh, Cinemasia. And it's really interesting because somehow I can do music what I can do in in like club music you know yeah it's just like it's it's a different approach of making music of of it's more like composing and i feel like i love melodies and i love harmonies i just like the different the the the, the weird music that you can hear in in jazz or classical music and uh the the, the experimental people like arca or martials um or like everyone who's who's killing it in the more um experimental way yeah and i feel like in film in film and in games i can do that a little bit more because with club music you have one function and that's to make people jump or dance you know it's like those two things but if you want to do a little bit more than that then it's really hard to like um go all the way because yeah sometimes i also showed sonder for instance like music where i have like this big solo (laughs) and everything was okay but he tilt things that like, yeah, 
in club music, it's sometimes just really important to have motives, you yeah. know, just to have like small loops where you can like repeat and can think about it the whole time. But yeah, sometimes there's music where you don't have that and where it's just like a journey. And I, I like musical journeys, you know, where you just don't know what you can expect. And um, I feel like with dubstep, with the sound design stuff, it's a bit like the same because you don't really know what to expect, but you still can expect that it's coming, you know? And that's, that's yeah, that's what I think that's really in, in, interesting about that. But uh, to get back to like the film, it's just like, I, I need it. I need to do that because otherwise I'm doing the same thing all, all over again with, with club music, like figuring out how, what the intro will be or what the buildup will be and how it, yeah, how it would hit the drop. Yeah, I, I can see it. there are two, three ways for me to to produce or to compose music. One is club music um, slash pop music because it's still like danceable and you can still use it in the club. Um, there's film music for me, which is really interesting. And I also categorize that with games because it's, it's about a different experience and there's also making crap. And I need those three things because like what, what I mean with making crap is I have to make crap in order to get or to make music, which is like popping or really, really good, like high, which has a high quality. And with crap, I also means like jamming on your piano or on your guitar for like an hour and record it. That's also yeah. composing already, you know? And yeah, just just by doing that, that will already helps you so much more because you can you can do the, the, sh- the same charme the whole time. You just can't do it. I mean, like, I feel like a robot if I just try to make something that I already did, you know, what I already made. And that's, yeah. I think that's a crucial piece of advice. And just kind of to sum it up, it's useful to have different outlets with music to kind of satisfy and satiate all the different creative impulses that you have. Like for you, it seems like you love EDM, you love what's going on in the scene, but that doesn't mean it's 100% exactly what you want to do as an artist. So it's helpful for you to have an outlet with film and with video games to be able to like tickle what you need to from all of those different interests and make it so that you can put all that you need to to continue growing the kind of like Bodamian, more EDM style. Of yeah, music. so true. Because um, what what can also be like really helpful is when you mix, um, master, or produce for other other artists or for other people. Because then you don't have to be um, then you don't have to think all the time about the concept and about your own music, and and you you will learn a lot because. I know how to master my own music, you know, I know to mix my own music, but when you get like music from someone else, which isn't that great mixed, you know, like figure a way to figure a way out to like master that. And that that's really hard, you know, but yeah, you can still make a little bit of money out of it. Um, you can still know. Yeah. I can ask like, why are they producing like this and why not like that? You know, like it's, yeah, it's like everything what you do is like a um, yeah, it's like a little bit of inspiration for your own music, uh, uh, for your own music. Yeah, yeah, I kind of like to call that idea meeting people halfway. Like I think it's very very rare that exactly what you want to do with music is exactly what a wide audience wants. So in my opinion, if you want to really ensure that you've got a good chance of success with your music career, it helps just to 
move a little bit more towards the center, meet people halfway. And maybe your project isn't 100% what you want to do, but it's 85 or 90. You still love it. You've got to do a little bit of things. Like you said, sometimes you might not get that storytelling aspect into your music, but just enough that it can be more palatable for music. In my opinion, I think that isn't a sacrificial thing to do. Like you're sacrificing yourself as an artist. I think that's a really powerful move to give yourself a bigger chance of success because the odds are a lot of your favorite artists do that too. Yeah, true. Because like, that's the same with like collaboration, right? If you just like um, collaborate with different artists with totally different genres, you will get to the middle of of something which is yeah you're basically creating a baby together right you have like 50 percent of him or her and 50 50 of yourself and uh that's what what i think is really important and interesting because like if you look at my all my collaborations they are all different and all different kind of people and all the, i just i just like to explore and uh make something which isn't already there and of course sometimes i also make music that is already there and isn't really that really unique but yeah that's also part of it you know sometimes you just have to do it and because like the more you make it's the same you know it, it can be crap but it can also be club music you know it's like a, 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 a yeah. thin line because uh, because of that and um i don't know if you know uh Wewek, this uh producer from holland as well yeah um i, I <laughs> when i was with him in the studio uh I showed him some of my music and he showed me some of of his music and at that point we we um had this term because we really like to make music which is a little bit weird and a little bit like nerdy but we also wanted to be cool so we had this term like okay this is too nerdy okay this is too cool okay this is too nerdy and then we've always tried to hit the, the <laughs> middle point but after a while we didn't succeed <laughs> because we went way too nerdy <laughs> i love that though it's like a good framing to put around the style that you're writing in yeah and and it's like when you collaborate with people it's not about like the finishing it's not about the product it's about the vibe that you have at that point and that you feel safe and that you uh, enjoy it that you have that you're trying to build a, a, a friendship and of course, like the more money or the the bigger your branding is, the more uh, you also think, yeah, but th it, it has to be like uh, uh, really good and it has to be really well. But yeah, we shouldn't forget that music is also a feeling of how you feel at that moment. And it's um, it's really important to just enjoy the ride. Otherwise, the, the end result will also be bad, you know? Awesome. So I think at this point, um, let's slide a little bit over into production. I don't want to run it too long. Uh, I think a good place to start would be, you've got a new project, just opened it. What are those first steps for you getting down an idea and kind of developing that further? Um, I first think about what I would like to make um, because sometimes I just would like to make funk music with electronic aspects on it. Sometimes I just would like to make house music. Uh, sometimes I would like to make future bass or dubstep or maybe just like a classical piece, you know? And um, if I know that, then I start experimenting because, yeah, maybe that's also like the programming guy in me. I'm not great at programming, but if you, if you program code and you just start with experimenting, uh, you will get stuck like in one second because... Um, if you don't know, because you have to to connect all these aspects together, 
And I feel like music is exactly the same, but it's a little bit um, like easier because you can see the wavetable, the waveforms, you can see like the MIDI, you can see like uh, the automation and everything. And with coding, it's, yeah, you don't see that, you know, you don't see that connect those uh, connections. Yeah. And uh, so that that's, I, I learned like, I experienced that thinking about something before starting a project really helps me. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's my, basically my first step. And like, if I wanted to make something melodic, then I try to start with the baseline or with uh, uh, the chords. When I would like to la- make more like funky or like jazzy kind of future bass, then I always start with the uh, with the chords and try to make it that some sort of sound. And then after a while, um, I'm gonna mess around with uh, with the bassline so to get that that funky feel onto it, um, yeah. And then I'm started to like add <clears throat> a melody on top of that. Um, I think it's like a really important if you if you make like melodic or like har- harmonic music, uh, the melody will always pop up in front because that's the basically the the person who is talking to you mm-hmm. if you if you know what I mean, right? And yeah, so if I have that, then I start messing around with sound designing because, um, yeah, mainly I just have my like basic piano, the piano that you can find in Ableton, or uh, I also have like a piano in my in my room. So, yeah, that's basically where I start composing, and after that, I go to my uh, to my DAW and start producing. Um, so that's that's basically how I start. And like when I um, start doing sound design, then you will find out if if the the harmonies will fit together, if it, if there aren't like too much notes in the chords, because sometimes if you if you detune like your music or or your synth, then uh, you don't need that much uh, cor- um, notes in your chord. So yeah, it's just like trial and error the whole time in that case. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a really good tip that. Um... I do get asked a lot about when you're starting just with like MIDI and a piano and then you move it into a synth. Sometimes I'll get people that they're like, hey, I wrote a really great melody on a piano and I'm scrolling through presets and I can't find anything that works. But so often you've got to adjust what's going on with that MIDI to make it work contextually with what that um, synth is going to be doing. And I think, like you said, with chord progressions, a lot of times when you have really bunched up notes with a piano, it won't be too dissonant. But once you get a synth that's got a bunch of um, I don't know, a bunch of saws and frequencies going on. You'll get that overlap where it starts to get muddy and messy and you might need to rearrange things from there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I think sound designing starts with the chords and the melody, you know? Uh, if you if you don't if you don't um, have the right harmony or the right melody, or, or even if you have a melody in a different key, because you can write uh, um, you can write your chords in C major, but you can also write your uh, melody in A minor. It's it's all like the white keys, right? But it still feels like it feels it can feel off, you know. So it feels like hmm, it doesn't really work out. Like, what could it be? And then you go back and you go to the music theory, and you find that oh, I've been writing in, in A minor, and I should write in uh, in, in C major. Like that that's so so a big thing for me when I'm uh, composing. Like start to 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 put everything in key and. Um, yeah, you should have like your 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 your. You should know your your root note, 
that that's like yeah that's so fundamental in this case so like harmonies and melodies um it's a it's a yeah so important to like sound designing already so you mentioned the importance of melodies within songwriting and i think just listening across the board to your music you've always got a very strong and clear melody and in my opinion they're really catchy any recommendations for people that are struggling with melody writing anything that's kind of helped you to get to where you are now uh yeah repetition like yeah <laughs> um most most melodies um are based uh, out of a motive and a motive is basically just like three or four notes in a in like in one bar you know um you can also like make a little bit longer so it would be like two bars but then um if you keep repeating that your mind already starts to notice uh um some sort of system you know like uh ret- yeah. the repetition is like helping the um the listener to already recognize that there's something going on because um we as humans know um that we always have to be careful for the danger because the danger is basically like we're like social creatures and but there are also predators out there in the wild you know mm-hmm. and if you have if you hear repetition then it basically means that the, that there's a predator or someone who's want to harm you in some sort of way uh, walking towards you because you o- you always have like the, this repetition of two right the, the, the left step and the right step and the, and then the four uh, third step and the fourth step and if you know that then it means there's something going on you know yeah and um when you like repeat that then it will do something with with with, with the person who's listening to it and to get like a little bit of variation you you should only like um like move one note up or down or just like maybe do a few bit up or a few bit down but you can also make the the notes a little bit longer as long as there is this uh, form of repetition so you can also like have repetition in the melody itself like in the tones and it shouldn't only always be in the rhythm and like in a pitch i would say that's a, that's a better example and um yeah, that's what really helps for me, like repetition and small, slightly uh, uh, changes of the of the rhythm and of the pitch. That that's yeah, so that's so important. And uh, like a, a melody sh- uh, shouldn't be always that so, uh, like like weird. You know, it's always like really interesting to have it a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, and that's basically the basic of a good melody. Just like it, it, people need to recognize it and if and and need, need to follow it. And if they can do that, then it's already a good melody. But then you need to figure out if it's interesting enough. You know. Yeah. So let's kind of start closing things out. I got two more questions for you. First one is: We've got a lot of newer producers listening to this podcast. What type of advice would you give them to give them the best chance of success moving forward? Yeah, I would say find balance balance in your life because balance in your life will help you with like literally everything um it's about like mental health when if you don't are stable enough then you will start to grab drugs or you will go uh hit the gym a lot or you will go um you know try to um get more girls or something you know it's like you should have some sort of way where you just like feel balance in your in your own soul and and your own body and your own mind because if you have that then you can focus and when you can focus then you can make music so much easier yeah 
like yeah i would say that that's the basic of everything you know like even even if you want to play yeah like like soccer or 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 if you want a game you know you need to focus because if you're if you can't focus and you think about other things at that point then it means that you have to fix something else first yeah and um like that's that's my first piece of advice and my second piece of advice is like yeah surround yourself with with people that that accept you for who you are but also uh, in the producers you know like all the producers should like like enjoy your music and um they should not, maybe not enjoy your music but may, more like appreciate your music because they yeah they can they 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 don't have to love your music but as long as they can help you with some sort of way that's that's really important and um and patience it's all about patience and and um yeah i would say sustainability just even though when you don't feel well just yeah try it just try it and if you if you don't feel it like it at that point then stop you know i mean like uh, for instance um for me i just um right now my my days are a little bit shorter than i used to be because i i, I notice that when i'm have eight hours in front of my day then I, i'm not pro- uh, productive of like um yeah productive but if i uh plan out like more like six to five uh to, to even like four hours in a day when i can produce and i'm so much more productive so yeah i always try to avoid the 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 big void of emptiness on your uh on your screen you know it's like the 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 black um there's the white sheen uh syndrome that's yeah that that's it's what you can see a lot and yeah i mean those three things so to wrap things up i know we've already got your um latest release flying nimbus out with julian core that i talked about in the intro everybody definitely go check that out outside of that what's going to be coming up for you in 2020 what's yo well i'm working on a lot of music and i'm basically not um i'm not I'm not sure like what direction i would like to go because i've noticed that i have like my my harder stuff um which is more like hyper trap and dubstep and bass kind of things like related yeah. but i also have like my melodic stuff and poppy stuff and i feel like i need to find a way to like like sell it to my audience and sell it to labels because that's also what what represents me so yeah i'm just thinking thinking a lot about like how i'm gonna uh sell it that's that's basically what i'm going to do right now but uh yeah definitely more experimental stuff definitely more music that you haven't heard from me before um i'm just gonna try a few things and um yeah I'm just like at this point. I'm just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just gonna do whatever I like. That's that's what I want to do right now. <laughs> I love that. Sweet. Well, with that, we will wrap things up for this episode. You can find Bo Damien's music in the description of this podcast. So go give it a listen. As this is just about over, Bo, it's been great chatting with you, and I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, thank you so much. Bye.